Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, sometimes that all of you suggest. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And I've had two cups of coffee today because I so am you're ready. ready for <laughs> another installment of Listener Show and Tell. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. This is Listener Show and Tell 8. Uh, so we've done a lot of these before. And last year was a special year because we actually did two in one year. Up until that, it was always a springtime uh, annual tradition. Um, and every single time we do these, we get more and more submissions. This one by far takes a cake for the most submissions that we got. I think uh, we got we did 7 million? Is that, <laughs> I think it was I around 7.5 mil. Uh, so Will and myself had to do something new this time uh, that we hadn't done before is each of us um, and I know Will hates doing this. He hates assigning numerical value to music, even though I do it most weeks. Um, we each went through all the submissions that we got, and each of us ranked out of 10. Uh, we give our rating of what we thought of each track, and then we combined, we put the sum of both of those ratings, and the best of that is what you're hearing so today. Essentially, we just chose like our favorite top 20 tracks that mm-hmm. were submitted. The, yep. the whole thing, I, I, I think in the past, we just need to clarify this. Some people, I know we've gotten emails before about people who are upset about like, how can you give numerical rating? What criteria is it based on? It isn't. How it's much do you like a it? Way of, it's a way of <laughs> quantifying an emotional reaction. So mm-hmm. just because we're using numbers, it doesn't mean it's any more like of objective, a valid yeah. objective opinion. It's just our emotional response. But it's just kind of like... I think it's a way of remembering how you felt about something. Because if you listen to 60 mm-hmm. tracks, you can say, well, I like this one, but how do you relate it to these other ones? It's just a way of assigning gut reaction, you know. So, for example, one let's 10, say how do you, feel let's about say this you track? pull up a track and you're like, yeah, this is nice. It's it's okay. I, it's not amazing, but it's fine. That would be maybe like a, a low 7, maybe like a 7.3 for me. That's how I would assign that reaction. If I pull up something, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. It's going to be like a high, maybe like 8.8 or even getting into like the 9 territory. If it's something <laughs> where it's like this is one of the best thing I've ever heard, that's going to be high nines. What's funny, because I did my ratings after yours, I think if I hadn't seen any of yours, I probably wouldn't have used decimal points, or maybe I would have mm-hmm. only used them on one, and I would have kind of given some of them 10, some of them 6s. I think sixes. it really helps to but use decimal points What I noticed is funny, me. when I was looking at Carl's, every single one of his was either a 7 or an 8, just with a decimal point. So it was like this fine game of like mm-hmm. the difference between a 7.3 and a 7.4. So I felt like I had to make mine That's true, though. along I mean, an equivalent line. Yeah, it was I, pretty hilarious. Because all the tracks we got were at least good. There was, not, there was none of them that were bad. And so it is kind of a subtle game to, to, to try to you know tell the difference between all of it. So I'm really glad we actually did that. And uh, again, don't feel bad if your track didn't get on. There's always going to be future installments yeah. and don't and be we fooled. really tried our best here yeah and don't be fooled by the number thing that we were not grading pieces of music on a criteria you know that i music is subjective i think especially music like this a uh, video game music is so eclectic and there are so many different styles and genres and we all mm-hmm. have our own biases and taste oh and yeah we also didn't want to there were some of you that submitted like 
10, 17, just 15, crazy number 20 of <laughs> tracks. Uh, and some of those were cases where everyone was really good. So I, we, we didn't want to give too much priority. There's only so we one did, person here that we did multiple tracks. Yeah. For. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't purely based on the numbers. We did a little bit of kind of HR, uh, human resources work here. So what we did is for the most part, we limited it to one track per person. However, there was one person, uh, that had tracks that were multiple tracks that were really our favorites of of anything we got, and so that person does have two tracks. And I think uh, we today. figured, you know, since that person got track of the week, that almost earns them one bonus, <laughs> yeah. one bo- bonus sort of extra slot. So who's it going to be? <laughs> who's going to get the big W this week? All right, what you guys heard playing in uh, that was submitted by Carlos, our good friend, and that was a track actually arranged by Jake Kaufman. It was kind of a remix. Uh, it's from this album. Dodan Pachi Dai Fukatsu Black Label. And I think that uh, Carlos was saying that it's only available, it was only released in Japan. And that's Stage 2, a remix by Jay Kaufman, submitted by Carlos. Thanks, Carlos, for that submission. Uh, I enjoyed all of all of his submissions. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling here. You ready to get into it, Will? I'm ready. All right. We're going to move on to a submission from Arwen. And this is from Gimmick, the NES game. This is a great soundtrack. Very, very unique Sunsoft soundtrack. We have played, I think, one, maybe two pieces of music from uh, from this game on the podcast before. But this is one that we have never played. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because I think it's the most well-known track of the game. It's called Good Morning. What a fitting track to start the episode. This is composed by Masashi Kageyama. Let's take a listen. cool you guys are listening to good morning from gimmick with an exclamation point this is submitted by arwen so thanks so much for this submission this is composed by masashi kageyama it's a great sunsoft soundtrack using a lot of sampled interesting samples whether it's bass or drums um and this track has some subtle tempo changes which are a little bit odd but it's kind of cool you know the the groove goes down a little bit in tempo and then later on it comes back up it's interesting you know i have heard this track before so despite you know 
the process that we did this past week, um, I was already familiar with it. But one thing that, that in general is different about this installment is that most of the times we do these, we're going in blind and we're hearing this kind of for the first time. Uh, but we've already heard all of this music, so it feels a little different today. Yeah, I really enjoy, though, getting to hear things a second time uh, mm-hmm. because I think you notice little details. The first time you hear a piece of music, it's more about your overall emotional impression. And yeah. sometimes I actually find whether it's music or movies or a television show or a book, uh, a repeat viewing or a repeat listening actually gives you a more objective standpoint on how Absolutely. you really feel about it. Yeah, you need to listen um, to it at least twice. Yeah, at least for me personally. And you, I were just, saying, you were saying this is one of your favorites, right? I think this might be one of my favorites. The first time I listened to it, I was really drawn to the sound. I think obviously we all love that Sunsoft bass and the kind of sound of the original NES tunes. But there's a lot in this composition I don't think I appreciated as much the first time I listened to it. My favorite thing about it is actually that sort of like deep chorus. It has a, yeah. a very strong J-pop sensibility to it. The mm-hmm. rhythms of the melody, the chords, it feels very authentic to that style. And it's kind of cool because we've talked about the influence of Japanese pop music in video games. But when I think of Sunsoft and I think of composers like uh, Naoki Kodaka, I don't really think of... Like like a J-pop influence necessarily. Well, that's what, I, that's what I find really fascinating about Gimmick is Kageyama is not a household name, especially when I think of Sunsoft games. And so the tone and the style of the soundtrack is so apart from really everything else. And that's probably what people really respond to about it. It's just a very unique and special soundtrack. So thanks, Arwen, for that submission. Let's keep going. We got a lot of music to get to. We don't want to run out of time. Uh, this is a submission from Steve D., Uh, And it's actually from Chrono Cross. So it's one of these examples of a soundtrack that we're very familiar with, but just a piece of music that we never ended up playing. Uh, So that's kind of cool. This is a track called Dream of the Shore Near Another World, composed by the wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to Dream of the Shore Near Another World, a very emotional, kind of tragic piece of music. Gorgeous. This is from Chrono Cross, obviously for the PS1 by Yasunori Mitsuda. This comes to us from uh, Steve D. Uh, Good choice. Um, I don't remember why we didn't play this in our... Well, you know what well, it was? I think it's because Chrono dual. Cross is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so 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 big. And we also had a dual spotlight. I believe it was uh, Chrono Cross and Xenogears. We did like half and half. 
Uh, so that's probably why this didn't make it. But uh, what a what a great piece of music. What are your what are your thoughts on this track? I absolutely love it, and it completely brings me into the atmosphere and the world that Mitsuda San created for both of the Chrono games. And it made me just really yearn for another installment. I mean, yeah. I why think, has there not been another Chrono game? Yeah, it's very rare. I think in the world of today's media that you have a successful property with only one sequel so it's just two things it, I feel like the idea of like a trilogy is big but nowadays it's just kind of like endless sequels and installments so I mean I kind of respect the restraint but purely well, technically they had that uh, Super Famicom Radical Dreamers but that doesn't I don't know if that fully counts but like <laughs> from a <laughs> musical obscure. perspective uh, I would just be so curious to see what Yasunori Mitsuda would do with a modern chrono soundtrack and hearing him kind of reference these now pretty classic and old themes done possibly with like a full orchestra and maybe get back into that headspace because he's still a working composer who does great work but mm -hmm. it doesn't quite sound of the same you know idiom as I think the, it would be so chrono games. so inspirational so for everyone if they were to do another one and he were to take the helm again it, it would be very very kind of historical and very important for VGM fans. I love the mood of it, though. There's like this kind of uh, minimalist folk mm -hmm. classical sound to the Chrono games where there's a lot of these shimmering arpeggios and just it's There's no doubt music. that for me, Chrono Cross is one of the top five PS1 soundtracks of all time. That's yeah. an easy thing for me to say. Um, and to me, it, it kind of blows out so many other ps1 rpgs that i don't need to mention uh kind of out of the water i just think it's it's really good stuff uh let's move on to a suggestion from brian b and this is from a game boy game called metal masters and i remembered that title like seeing those words as as you know we we're preparing over the years so many episodes one that comes to mind is our game boy music you may not have heard episode uh so i remember going through and possibly quickly listening to it um but i m maybe didn't get to the this whole track because uh we're doing a little bit of an edit here because it has this long drone for like 30 seconds before the groove comes in uh so we're going to edit that a little bit this is a title screen to metal masters composed by the great alberto gonzalez let's take a listen Alberto Gonzalez, what a treasure. What an absolute gem. Uh, this is Metal Master's title screen submitted by Brian B. God, I love Alberto so much. 
I really like this track. Uh, the interesting thing, it's my experience melody. listening to it again the first time with that drone, it was starting to lose my attention, but then the groove came in, and then all these elements came in, but hearing with this edit where we kind of get into the melodic material sooner, mm -hmm. when that sort of main hooky melody comes in, I absolutely adore that. I think it's yeah, one of the catchiest things mm -hmm. that uh, Alberto Gonzalez ever wrote. It This song really reminds me of something from like Sonic and Knuckles. The chord progression, the contours of that melody, it, it just really reminds me of something like Flying Battery Zone or mm -hmm. um, what's the one? Lava Reef Zone or yeah, something. Yeah, I can hear that. What I love about this track is it starts out feeling a little more textbook and kind of cliche. But then when he when that melody comes in, it's so clear this is an Alberto track because his sense of like fun, universal, positive feeling melodies it just is so present in all of his music. And I think any other composer, that element probably wouldn't have been there as much. And so that's what I think is so special about uh, Gonzalez's music is his, especially his melodies. They just make you smile, even if it's this kind of minor dance track like this. Well, and he has a patience to his composition that things gradually grow. And I think there are so many Western yeah. composers where the tracks are long because it's almost like, I don't want to say in a lazy way, but like just new ideas keep being added and it's sort of mm -hmm. the whole thing feels similar. Um, but with him, it's almost like he's holding back the catchiest part. So he's not going to give mm -hmm. that to you right away. And there's something really rewarding about that, especially in the context of game music, because it's something that we're almost not trained for. We're trained for like immediate infectious ideas and loops that are like 30 seconds long. Right. Let's move on uh, to a pick that comes to us from Amy, and this is from a great score, Assassin's Creed Syndicate uh, by Austin Wintery. Uh, and she submitted a track called Jokes, Jokes, Jokes. Uh, this is a, a song, a fun little kind of, it seems a little swashbuckling. Reminded me a little bit of that uh, Pirate Eye was meant to be. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's sort just, of a, it's period, a great song. It's a period song. It, it mm -hmm. somehow sounds like an old vaudevillian kind of idea, but yes, I think it's it also, the score is all of this uh, really classically rooted 20th century string quartet kind of stuff it's so in the style of yeah composers like Bartok and Ravel and even a lot of the great um, British composers you know we really have to do a spotlight on that we should put that on the schedule uh, let's take a listen to jokes 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 attend the tale of Maxwell Rothy sold the footlights like a moth his sense of timing never off until with a hooded reprobate, the blighter and assassin made a deadly double bill. Jokes, 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 make them laugh until they choke fairly, slay them in the aisles, maidens fair and princes charming. Thrills, 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 dashing feats and bloody spills, and I guarantee you'll never see the ending coming. The curtain rose, the scene was set, they danced a murderous duet, and much deserving blood was let up to. The scene wherein they disagreed on who should live and who should bleed And Maxwell Rothy then received a very bad review Jokes, 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 and there's daggers and there's cloaks But behind the scenes the leading players differ on the plot Laugh, 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 and the dandy's new red scarf Now eight shows a week to peels above is his eternal lot Jokes, 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 make them laugh until they choke Fairly slay them in the aisles, mates fair and princess charming Never see the ending coming. 
That is really well done. That's Jokes, Jokes, Jokes by Austin Wintry. Comes to us from Amy from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Really good suggestion. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we don't play a lot of vocal music on the podcast, but surprisingly, you guys sent a lot of it. Uh, this installment, we actually have three vocal tracks that made the cut uh, today. Some of you will probably be very surprised by that, but this is, it's hard to deny uh, how entertaining uh, and well done this is. This I, I really enjoyed this track. Oh, this is outstanding. Um, I, I like the era that it's going for. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it I, I mentioned vaudeville, but it also has that sort of British music hall kind of a, a sound, like a equivalent era to vaudeville, but some of those, I guess, a little bit classical or, or folk touches. And that performance is, is really outstanding. I was really blown away by the lyric writing here. Yeah, it reminds me lyrics. of old kind of Broadway, just with the, the caliber of, of rhyme and the clever sort of innuendo well here's the thing that i love about this and and um it's such a different tradition than a lot of vgm vocal music for sure but what i love about it is the lyrics fit so naturally to the tune and it's a great pairing you can listen to the lyrics and and there's a lot of things that make you smile or kind of laugh or wink um but they fit the melody so well it's a very natural pairing well and it's a it's a trained elegant lyric i mean i think a lot of vocal music that we listen to is people that are not necessarily like trained songwriters and they're just putting words in and they Mm -hmm. might rhyme but this has that old school concept of uh, it's not just about something rhyming or just about something telling a story. It's also about when you use consonant sounds like joke yeah. and choke. It, right. it has like a visceral percussive sound. It's written for the voice. It's written for the range. Yep. All that kind of mastery that I think was really common back in the 20s, 30s, 40s in songwriting. But we don't necessarily think about in a lot of modern songs in the same way. That is delightful. Thanks, Amy, for that pick. Let's move on to a suggestion from Preston C. And this is from Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, uh, which is a recent game that's kind of a spiritual successor to the Wonder Boy series. Uh, And this is a wonderful soundtrack that has a lot of really big name composers. Yuzo Koshiro was the lead composer. Also, uh, Matoi Sakuraba, Michiro Yamani, Kaiki Kobayashi, a lot of great people. Uh, this is a track that was composed by Yuzo Koshiro. It's Misty Woods, one of our favorite submissions we got uh, this past week. Let's take a listen to Misty Woods from Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Thank you. 
So good. You guys are listening to Misty Woods from Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Uh, this is one of the tracks composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Thanks, Preston, for this wonderful submission. Yeah, I love when Yuzo Kashiro has the budget for real instruments because I just feel this level of inspiration in his music. It seems like he's so excited to write for this. And it's such a fun reveal multiple times in this track, like about 35 seconds in. It's such a gift that it opens up to that fun, dancey groove with the real drums and the great bass line, violin, and then even that, that uh, is that a saxophone uh, yeah. that comes in later on? It's it's a lot of fun. Like It's kind of this folky, traditional style, but it's surprising how dancey it is. Totally, yeah. And I also like that the evolution of the track, that the first time you hear that melody introduced, it's almost fooling you into thinking it's more of a cliche. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know, video game sound of like. Yeah, it these sets your generic... expectations not low, but just like limited. And then well, it just. Because it's like, it how many times have we heard. Surpasses them. How many times have we heard strings and pan flute and everything about it feels like this is nice, but it's not doing anything new. But then it mm-hmm. transforms that melody into like a folk rock context, which is not necessarily what we might think when we hear that sort of Dorian tune. But then that kind of final bridge section with the saxophone, it has another transformation. And so the whole track is kind of subverting your expectations, but not in like a frustrating way. Um, It's more just like musically it's satisfying and it goes maybe where you would want it to go. But in terms of the instrumentation and the production, it's kind of all these nice little surprising turns that add and build up this sort of eclectic sound. Uh, it's, It's really delightful. I've never heard another track... Uh, in games that does the same kind of thing where yeah. um, there's all these instruments but it surprises you with each one normally mm-hmm. when we talk about eclecticism it's kind of this hodgepodge from the beginning or this delightful mixture but this is one where it starts off almost tricking you into thinking it's going to be something more traditional and I love it as the track goes on you kind of can't put your finger on what's going to happen next man use a Kashiro. I love him so much. Let's move on to a game uh, from last year for the PS4 called Astrobot Rescue Mission. This comes to us from Steve V. This is a pretty catchy tune. I, I like this. It sounds familiar. I th- I've heard it before. I don't know if someone posted it uh, either on our Discord or an email or something. I definitely have heard this before, and it, it's, a, it's a cool groove. It turns into this reggae thing. Um, the chorus of this feels like an actual like reggae modern pop song, whether it's by even a band like magic or something like I could hear kind of like a reggae pop band do, do this chorus. It's, it's very, very well done. This has got tight mites from Astrobot rescue mission composed by Kenneth young. Let's take a listen.
that is an earworm. That's Tight Mites from Astrobot Rescue Mission for the PS4. Composed by Kenneth Young. I believe he's a British composer, I want to say. Uh, this comes to us from Steve V. Thanks a lot, Steve, for this great track. Um, it's, it's super catchy, and yeah, that chorus really reminds me of kind of those like post-Sublime inspired bands such as like Pepper or I guess even something like Magic. Um, yeah, it just reminds me of a lot of kind of really happy, sunshiny, kind of tropical reggae music. Makes you feel like you're on the beach. Um, it's it's cool because it also has the spacey vibe with the instruments and, and stuff. It sounds the like cavernous. Sound. It has this so it's ca- a cool mix. Yeah, I, I I totally hear what you're saying. This is a track that if I were just hearing the ideas on the piano or like maybe with guitar and vocals, like you're suggesting, I kind of wouldn't think it was anything too special. Um, it just sort of the chords are simple enough and the melodies feel very sequency and basic but this is a track that it's really about the whole package and it kind of pulls you into its soul and it's all the little touches i like the synth sounds i like the atmosphere created by the track and it creates something new i think you're totally yeah, right carl true. to identify the musical influences of like the, the underlying song itself yeah that it has this kind of reggae sound but i honestly think a lot of people listening to it that would be the last thing on their mind because the atmosphere the created by the yeah. production makes me feel like I'm in an underground kind of moist cavern or something. Well, that's what's so interesting about the combination or the juxtaposition of the style of music versus the implementation. But I actually do think the melody is quite catchy. Um, and I definitely heard that a lot online. I was looking at comments. People were just, everyone was like basically complaining of like how catchy this was and it was stuck in their head uh, so much. So that's interesting. So good, do- good job, Kenneth Young. And thanks, Steve, for that pick. All right, let's move on to a suggestion from Adrian. Uh, This is from Salamander 2, uh, the sequel. And for whatever reason, I never really spent much time listening to Salamander 2. I don't know if this saw a console port. Um, So anyways, this is the arcade version of the soundtrack. And it was composed by Naoki Maeda. And that's not a name that I am familiar with. So that's interesting. Um, But at some point worked for Konami. Let's take a listen to Sensation from Salamander 2. So cool. You guys are listening to Sensation from Salamander 2 Arcade Version by Naoki Maeda. 
not familiar with that particular Konami composer, but this is delightful. It's very dancey and fun, energetic, but it's surprisingly emotional. <laughs> you yeah. know, like there is a little bit of that J-pop influence. I had never heard this track before, so this was this was a treat to to hear this for the first time this past week. Well, there are specific earmarks, I would say, not just of the Salamander games, what we know as Life Force in the U.S. Right, uh, but of the, the kind of I guess melodic language of space shooters and particularly these games where there almost Konami always ones, seems yeah. to be this this upward motion and a melody and accenting these kind of open intervallic leaps continually rising up. It's interesting hearing this is a track that I've never heard before, but when we were working on a space shooter, we have that album, uh, Soaring Through the Stars. That mm-hmm. When I was writing melodies for that, that was always kind of like my driving goal, is I want to have these kind of primal, open intervals Soaring. that feel like they're yeah. ascending. And it's like fun hearing another track written around a similar time in that style that I'd never heard before. It kind of confirms that impulse. Because again, yeah-da-dun-da-dun-dun-dun where it just keeps it's kind so of lifting vast. up, and, it, and that I think scores the not just the sense of like flying literally, but of soaring and flight and the freedom of being up in the air. And I think that's really important when you're dealing with kind of primitive early arcade games because it it sort of sells you on the magic of the whole experience. So good, thanks Adrian for that wonderful track. Let's move on to a suggestion from Nia S. And this is from Persona 5. Wow. Big, big soundtrack. And it's another vocal track, folks. Um, This is actually both uh, one of our, both Will and myself, our favorites, actually, that we got. Uh, So this is a wonderful track. It's called Beneath the Mask Rain. Uh, and composed by Shoji Miguro. I don't have the crediting of who the vocalist is. I'm sure a lot of you know all that information. Uh, let's take a listen to this great, uh, this great tune called Beneath the Mask Rain. gotta say i was so moved by this track i i think i had heard a different version of there might be a different beneath the mask um but this is so 
just chilled out and atmospheric, but also such a gorgeous melody and performance. I adore that vocalist's vibrato particularly. Yeah. It's it's fast and wide and so controlled. And yeah, everything about this, I love the ethereal elements and the kind of delayed road sound gorgeous melody i actually kind of like the lyrics um Definitely. apparently uh she's a shap shifter not a shape shifter yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny some of the pronunciation um but yeah maguro did a wonderful job composing this track so thanks say, so much nia for this it's really inspiring to listen to because the simplicity and the sort of circular nature of that very simple electric piano riff and the kind of what almost sounds like some sort of guitarish reverby yeah. texture in the back it's so simple and so repetitive it's almost like mm-hmm. something you'd get in a hip-hop track yet there's this beautiful longing melody on oh top my of gosh it. Dude, it's that, like a that new that genre does remind me as good as this is how good would this be if at about like a minute maybe a minute and a half a really heavy drum beat came in like to me that would make it come full circle see i almost like it without that that's like what my instincts would expect is like with something this repetitive you need to introduce a new layer what i like about it is is how restrained it is it it makes it feel oh that'd be so cool but it it makes it feel distinct and different like this is a track that's about feeling fun and dancey and just being about the music yeah no i feel like it's really trying to say something emotionally and i was really touched by by how it doesn't evolve. We talk about video game music that is based on these small little kind of minimal nuggets and then it has to grow and build. But in a way, that's almost a cliche. It's nice to have something that's so restrained. What I would like to hear is, I don't want to change anything about this track. You bring up good points. I just want to hear a remix. I want to hear like a club remix of this. Like I kind of feel like remixing this, like just taking this and adding like a really cool beat and bass line to this. I think it could just... It could take it to a totally different well, place. There is a song that has that kind of groove. Uh, is it? Uh, I think it's like an early Alicia Keys song, or maybe it's like. I'm I'm trying to think of what it is that has a bunk bunk. That's New Deal, man. Oh, yeah, that's New Deal, I'm thinking. That definitely reminded me of this. Um, and exactly, yeah, that one has such a great yeah. groove to it. Maybe I'll do a remix of this one day. That was awesome. Okay, let's move on to a suggestion from Mooney. And this is interesting. Uh, Mooney decided to go with some kind of um, not your typical choices. This is a chip tune. It's not from a video game. We'll allow it because we do play that kind of music on the podcast. Uh, this is from an artist by the name of The Ghost Mall. Uh, and this is available on uh, their YouTube channel. It's called Speakeasy. And it's a FM chip tune that's inspired by Yuzo Kashiro. It's very chilled out. Let's take a listen to Speakeasy.
You guys are listening to Speakeasy. What a groovy track. This is from The Ghost Mall. And this is suggested by Mooney. So thanks, Mooney, for, you know, some interesting suggestions. Not what I would expect. I think uh, he also suggested a remix, too. And that is all fair game. I don't think any remixes made the cut today. Um, but we had a few remix suggestions, and they were great. Uh, and so definitely that's, you know, remixes, chiptunes, those are all fair game. This is this is cool. Yeah. You know, this is one that I have mixed feelings about. I really love the implementation, and I love the genre it's going for, and hearing that mm-hmm. on the Genesis is really neat. There are certain things about this sound. track that I felt could have made it even groovier. Like, some of when the chords hit is a little square. It's kind of like on strong beats. I feel like this is a track yeah, that if it I is just supposed to be groove-based, there could be more syncopation. There could be more elements that really make me want to dance. It's a little straight ahead. And then if that's the case, that's fine. I guess I would be wanting something a little bit more melodically hooky. And I'm not trying to suck up to you, Carl, but I, the whole time <laughs> I was listening to this, I was just like, I would rather listen to one of Carl's Genesis tunes because Uh, I feel like your stuff is always groovy and kind of has, is more interesting on a groove level to listen to than than this. Very sweet of you to say that. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed this track. I mean, part of it is just kind of the sound and and the the groove. It's good background music. And I think he did a good job of uh, taking his inspirations. I'm sure he's a big Yuzo Koshiro fan. And I do think that Koshiro-san would would really enjoy this. and so, yeah, I'm interested to check out more of The Ghost Mall. Interesting artist name. All right, guys, we're very excited to move on to this week's track of the week. Always a big deal for these listener show and tell episodes. Who is it? Who is it? Well, Zach W., congratulations. Let's give a little round of applause for Zach. Um, one of his tracks that he submitted um, was from this At- Atelier Arrangement album. Zach is a person who actually introduced us to the Atelier series and the Gus sound team and all that great stuff. Uh, the name of this album is Nelki and the Legendary Alchemists Ateliers of the New World. And this is an FM, like a Genesis sounding arrangement of an Atelier track. It's called Hyacinth and it's composed and arranged by Daisuke Achiwa. And it's so good and so happy. And uh, it's, you know, the highest accumulated rating uh, of anything we got. Let's take a listen to this track called Hyacinth.
absolutely in love with this. So, so, so good. Definitely reminds me of Sonic. Sonic and Knuckles vibes in this for sure. It's a great melody. This arrangement, because um, I do think I had heard this theme before, um, this arrangement is the best possible thing you could do with this melody. It's so, so, so good. I definitely feel like Zach was, I don't want to say pandering to us, but like definitely playing <laughs> like what he knew we yep. would really like, and you nailed it. I mean, I this was having the same thought. Right up our alley. Well, this has crazy. like everything that I love about classic video game music. Some of those progressions, the, the whole arrangement, and the way that all the different channels and all the different lines interact together. The, yeah. the timbres, the the simplicity of the melody. Um, it, every section has very clear melodic gestures. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel just kind of lazy or exploratory or yeah. um, like you have one strong section and then something that's a little boring. It keeps my engagement. It feels like something that could have really been one of my favorite VGM tracks from the 90s, from the mm-hmm. actual Genesis era. Yeah, and that's and- the kind of music that I just I can't get enough of. And Zach uh, submitted another track that we're actually playing, so we do have two of his tracks today. And the other one is also so good, we just could not axe it from the playlist. And also, thanks, Zach, for not uh, you know, resisting the urge to submit a Sawano track. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, that is so delightful. Some great FM synth music today. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move to a suggestion from Henry R. This is from Deltarune. Cool. Toby Fox follow up to Undertale. I think uh, technically the game's called Deltarune Chapter One. I think he's gonna make um, like another part at some point. I believe this is a tune called Field of Hopes and Dreams, composed by Toby Fox. Let's take a listen. That really makes me smile. You guys are listening to Field of Hopes and Dreams from Deltarune, composed by Toby Fox. And one thing that I love uh, about Toby Fox's music is, is this captures a lot of the things that is so unique and special about classic video game music and that so many people respond to. It's very eclectic uh, and super catchy. Um, even that groove and that, particularly that really high piano line on top of it, very simple, very catchy. Uh, is a piece of music that you could listen to for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get sick of it. And it's also eclectic as well. Well, eclectic in terms of its like video game music literacy as well. And it's one right, of the things yeah. that was so great about Undertale 
is that the soundtrack was eclectic in terms of the instrumentation that you had chip music mixed with like Super Nintendo sounding stuff, real instruments. Anything was fair game. But it also has this kind of unified sound and there's something about when he's using MIDI or real instruments that it almost sounds digital and it fits with the um, visual style of his games that it's kind of like it's retro but it's somehow like this twisted dream version of something you've Mm -hmm. seen before and I really love his musical style he seems to have a really direct sensibility about if not melody then like riff and hook and yeah this is a track that's incredibly effective and I like that sort of bridge section that comes a little bit later that feels Mm -hmm. like something more of almost like a Zelda touch but the main track feels again much more kind of groovy and I like that it's almost like game music literacy he's so influenced by not just one composer one genre or one video game but kind of the whole collective game music culture um, is all sort of wrapped up in his music but then he's also adding something new Um, Mm -hmm. yeah this was a really neat standout track I feel like it's almost like the next evolution of what Undertale was I I suspect that things are just going to keep getting better and better for him on a musical level well, what I love about it, too, is if you're a fan of Undertale, you're going to really enjoy uh, this soundtrack because it definitely, you can tell it's coming from the brain of Toby Fox. There's these little surprising twists and, and combinations that, that he has in his melodic style that uh, is like, okay, yeah, I can tell this is coming from that same person. He loves ornaments. Uh, yeah, da, 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 Like that kind of thing yeah. is, is very much reminiscent of some of the Undertale well, that's stuff. That's solid. So thanks, Henry, for that. Let's move on to, this was narrowly second place. It was a very close call. This definitely gets second place today. Amazing. This is, um, this comes to us from Thorben D. And this is so cool and weird. So I was very disappointed to hear that Tomoya Tomito was not returning to score Yoshi's Crafted World, which just recently came out for the Switch, which is a fun game. Uh, me and Joe have been playing it a lot. It's a great game. It's it's a really good Yoshi game, and it it's it feels you know classic in the series. The music is pretty bad, mm. uh, unfortunately, which is really sad. I thought we took a turn finally with the Yoshi series with Wooly World. I thought we were you know headed in the right direction, and I do know that Tamita left Goodfeel and is now a freelancer. So maybe that's kind of uh, an issue. Um, and actually something kind of funny is apparently Tamita has been retweeting a bunch of people that are like bashing the crafted world soundtrack Oh, really? or like basically just saying, Oh, I wish you would have done it. Like, you know, this game really misses your music and he's like retweeting all that, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but around that, that same time, like a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, Tomoyo Tamita uploaded like three, uh, or at least a handful of original tunes to his YouTube channel. And they really do sound like Yoshi tunes. Like it's almost his response of like, this is what I would have done for Crafted World. And this is so delightful. Let's take a listen to a tune of his called Take Me.
man, when I listen to Tamita's music, I just really have an urge to give him a big hug. Uh, it's just adorable, and it's such a travesty that he did not get to compose uh, for Crafted World. I mean, this listening to this, <laughs> going back and playing Crafted World and hearing that music, it's just so disappointing and insulting uh what, that you know composed he's available. That score? i have no idea it's a name i haven't heard before um and it's again that one of those cases where it's like someone did such a good job and then the next time handing the reins to someone else who doesn't have the same appreciation for for it and it's right. it's Oh, it's so frustrating. This, But this music is the silver lining. I think I'm going to play the game and mute it and just cue up this YouTube video while I play because this is a lot of the same instruments that he used in Wooly World. He has that great kind of slide guitar patch. I imagine this stuff is virtual instruments, but it's a great sound. It's a delightful composition. It's so adorable. It fits, I think, the character of Yoshi so well well because it's cute I, I think where so many composers go wrong in my opinion with that series is they it, it's weird it's like they're trying to take koji's cues from yoshi's island of that all the music which i think was a delightful idea all the instruments sound like something that could have been found in a child's room but for him it was not at all about sounding annoying or like Mm-hmm. I don't know, childish in a pejorative way. Yeah, it was and Crafted all really World inspired. is so annoying. Well, and it's Yoshi's Island has and just gross. Yeah, the, uh, Yoshi's Island has all this African uh, influence in terms of the melodies, and then there's like a little bit of kind of like American soul and funk, and it, it's really cool music. Mm-hmm. It's music that's like groovy and interesting, and then there's some Dixieland. I mean, it's it's just outstanding. Maybe one of his best. Yeah, and Tomita went back to that in Woolly World. Yeah, I mean, there's. There's like some straight up funk tunes in Woolly World. Some like, it's just, he goes all over. The thing that I love about what Tomoyo Tamita did is it didn't feel like he was emulating Koji Kondo. He was taking a new take at it, but all the Mm -hmm. music was done earnestly with sincerity and it had good melodies. It was catchy. It was enjoyable to listen to. That's way more important than just modeling. We need to have a kazoo here and then we need a (laughs) melodica and then we need sort of like the sound of a broken toy keyboard. It's out of tune whistles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of that. Well, Tomoyo Tamita, I can't wait to hear what you do next in video games. Let's move on to a pick from Brandon S. And this is from Lost Odyssey. Uh, kind of a slightly obscure entry uh, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, especially when you think of you know the other stuff he did in his career. Uh, this is really good. Let's take a listen to Never Ending Journey from Lost Odyssey.
so pretty. You guys are listening to Never Ending Journey from Lost Odyssey. This is given to us by Brandon S. It's a great pick. This is uh, composed by Uematsu, and it's so simple but really powerful. I mean, I think Definitely. the melody is very strong, and I particularly love when that harmonized flute comes in as well. Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's just what you need. You know, you have these two it sounds like double tracked kind of arpeggiated guitars that are panned very nicely and or maybe they're just string. enough yeah just enough elements there. there's not a lot happening in the arrangement and so the melody really soars and very effective well it, it's what's great about this you can tell this is the same composer who wrote awakening from final fantasy 6 right yeah uh and that kind of that western sound that Ennio Morricone mixed with I mean the, here we have that beautiful Japanese flute the shakuhachi and it's harmonized and it's such a gorgeous sound and it's such and a then, simple melody but what's so interesting is then later on in the track it really takes a turn with those like distorted guitar sound it just it almost like jumps ahead in music history like a hundred years or something well, what what i really like about uematsu is especially when i feel like he's writing in a style and he's committing to you know i'm not going to have this bizarre chord change or some weird meter change or completely change tone or direction like He's restraining himself. It's going to be a simple melody, just two chords. It's not flashy. It's not showing mm-hmm. off. It's like that's when I feel he does his best work. Um, it, when it's really about the purity of the melody, um, yeah. Because he's so capable of just writing some of the greatest video game melodies of all time. But I think we also associate him with a slight experimental edge in kind of this this humorous, playful, experimental quality. And I, I think I personally enjoy when it's really about pure direct melody because right. I got to say, when it comes to composers from the heyday of video game music, he's the one that I feel like when he writes a good melody, it's up there with the best music in his canon. But mm-hmm. when I look at other composers, like, again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but when I look at Yasunori Mitsuda or Yuzo Koshiro or Matoi Sakuraba their best stuff was back in the day but I feel like Uematsu's at this place where it's like yeah not everything's great but when it's good it's like some of his best work he still mm-hmm. feels like he's like I don't know at his peak and that really excites me I totally hear that man let's move on to an interesting choice this uh, you know I just love how diverse these choices are a lot of people try to surprise us with things we haven't heard some people like maybe Zach <laughs> try to you know find stuff that they know we're really gonna like and that are gonna play to, to our taste in music um, and then some people go with soundtracks that were very beloved to us and familiar with but for whatever reason uh, certain tracks that have fallen by the wayside. And that's an example here. This is from Sean T. And he told us that we never have played Fear Factory from the original Donkey Kong Country, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't. And this is, of course, composed by David Wise. So we'll play it now for you, Sean. This is Fear Factory from DKC.
You guys are listening to Fear Factory from Donkey Kong Country, composed by David Wise. Um, and yeah, this is actually a track that uh, when I actually sit down and listen to the whole thing, um, I do appreciate it more than I thought I did. And in right. the game, it kind of it, it's so effective and so immersive that you kind of don't notice it as much. It's not one of the more noticeable pieces of music in the soundtrack. And I could see us, you know, going through our whittling process and this one easily being cut. And I don't disagree with that choice, but, um, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of interesting things going on. It's, it's a There's moments that are kind of catchy actually in this track, like those harmonized marimba patterns. Yeah. Yeah. There's some classic, uh, stuff happening here. Totally, yeah. This is one that uh, if you just can't get enough of Dave's great music, you you would love all of his little thumbprints in a track like this. But the funny thing about it to me is, of all the music that Dave has ever written for the series, this is the one track that I feel like almost inspired the direction of Evelyn Fisher's DKC3 score the I most. I hear that, yeah. Because it's more about atmosphere. It's kind of depressing sounding. It's about these repeated <laughs> well, atmospheres. Phrases, but it's not like fun. It's not like fun and catchy in it's the not same way to that be some fun, of this yeah. stuff. Um, it, it just has a different sound, and that's more what I think of Donkey Kong Country Three. There's like a, there's something almost, um, I don't know, noxious and sad about that music, which honestly makes me want to play the game less. It's not that the music isn't great. I think the music's really good in Donkey Kong Country 3, but it's one where it's like whenever I'm playing through the games, I'll play through all of the first game, I'll play through all of the second game, I start the third game, and then I abandon it after a while. And I do think the music affects the, the mood of it. It feels somehow lonelier and a little bit more like, I don't know, it doesn't have that same infectious appeal that the other ones have that's definitely true no doubt about that let's move on to a pick from ah the esteemed john e (laughs) and of course he brought a fire emblem track big surprise there this was a Uh, great one i'd never heard this this is good yeah this is yet another vocal track the third vocal track of the day uh and it's the main theme well it might be the main theme. It's at least this theme in, I think, one of the trailers for the upcoming Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, it's called Main Theme Japanese Version, so we'll we'll go with that. Mm. Uh, there's not an official announcement of the composer, so we don't know who's going to compose for this game yet. Um, someone uh, that is going to work with Intelligent Systems, though. Uh, let's take a <laughs> listen to this Main Theme Japanese.
you guys are listening to the main theme Japanese version, which I prefer to the English, English version, this is from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and this is submitted by John. Uh, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Uh, we don't know the composer yet. Uh, kind of nice, you know, in the tradition of great Fire Emblem themes, uh, this is this is very nice. Uh, I will say, though, John, as nice as this is, if I were to compare this to the theme from Fates, um, it's kind of no contest to me. But I like that it's going for a different style. That Fates one is about tugging at your heartstrings and making you cry. It's about in gorgeous one, music that makes you cry. What I like, it's this blended sound where the melody is really beautiful and the chords are great, but it has this modern electronic production mixed yeah, in Yeah, can I it. say something? Um, a hot take, if you will. No, it's not that hot. I, I'm not a huge fan of like some of that stuff in this track. Like basically everything oh, really? other than the melody and the vocals. I'm not super sold on that kind of EDM combination. I don't know if it fits here, to be honest, to me. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about it I, I thought was kind of charming. I, I, I enjoy when you're hearing something that it's like, I haven't heard this mixture before. Not to say that it's always successful, but I like at least that someone's trying to move the needle forward. It's not something that I feel like I'm always an active participant in as a composer. A lot of times I try to make music that I really love and something that it's not necessarily like this could only have been made in 2019. But I, I do admire when composers are trying to carry the tradition of Uh, music from the past whether that's with a sort of melodic or harmonic richness but also trying to borrow something from the music of today and yeah maybe this isn't the most successful use of that but i think it's a great song i should also mention that i don't listen to this kind of music you know so it's probably just not my cup of tea where when i think about the fates theme uh it's definitely more in line with the kind of music i listen to so that's that's just probably what it is but in any case it's a beautiful melody and i definitely look forward to hearing uh the soundtrack when the game comes out which i think is going to be this summer uh so yeah that was that was very nice thanks john and thanks for your support uh all right it's time for the second zach w track of the day and we just couldn't deny this because it's so fun uh this one i love it's from atelier online uh, and there's not um, any information that I was able to find who composed this game. I think it's a mobile game. All I know is it's someone uh, with the Gust sound team. Let's take a listen to the battle theme from Atelier Online. This is video game music with a capital V. Uh, I love you, Zach, uh, and I love the Atelier series. Um, I'm always af- always afraid I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's actually eight 
atelier atelier uh i was no. saying it was french this it's atelier uh, atelier um can this please just be what battle music is from now on please everyone <laughs> can this just always be what battle music sounds like because i love it so much just sort of this folksy like gaelic fiddle and recorder fun dance party it's like a gaelic dance party and it makes me smile and it's so entertaining to listen to outside of the experience well i think people need to open their minds to uh some to kind of breaking some of the cliches of video game music that it's like I don't know, we, we so often think of like a battle theme or, or a boss theme or whatever. It's like it has to be super villainous and dark and that can be effective, but it's also, it's so tiresome to draw upon those same cliches. And if you can find a new approach to it that rhythmically fits the energy and the intensity of the experience, but, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't need to be some really somber, dark, minor key piece. You can have a little bit of fun with exactly. it. And it might actually enhance the experience and give a little bit more context. Well, it's to... funny how this is still happening. This is a mobile side game in the Atelier series. And how many times do we hear that in the history of video game music where the handheld uh, iterations have a little bit more accessible, fun, dancier music than the console entries? And that's happening here. Like, I don't think they would have had this type of a battle theme in a, in a mainline Atelier game but they have it in Tellier Online. But it's just so fun. I mean, this type of an energy, I think, would be very welcome uh, for a lot of different games, in my opinion. I mean, it's... And maybe part of it is just, I like to listen to video game music separate from the experience. And in doing so, this is the type of music that really holds up outside of that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, this was really fun. And it's one of those tracks that I think as a composer, it gives me the inspiration or confidence to you know when we're in this situation in a game to not just go for cliche not just do what everyone else has always done but to try to have a little fun with it um and i think this piece of music on its own it's not like it doesn't sound like anything from another game but it's more about its situation in game it doesn't sound like a lot of battle music and i think that's a good thing Oh, man, that's great. Okay, let's move on to a suggestion from Benjamin H., and this is from uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for the GameCube. This was composed by Kumi Tanioka, and uh, Benjamin brought in a piece called A Gentle Wind Blows.
guys are listening to A Gentle Wind Blows, nice change of pace, kind of coming down in energy here from Crystal Chronicles. Thanks, Ben, for this great track. We've played one piece from Crystal Chronicles, at least one, and I think it was in uh, Matthew's favorite With Friends episode. Um, yeah, it's a nice score. It really kind of stands apart in the series, um, and I think there's a lot of people that really have a lot of love for it. Um, this is, again, composed by Kumi Tanayoka. This is nice. Absolutely. I love that Lydian sound with all the percussive string, you know, the pizzicato and um, what almost sounds like, what is it? Is it like a dulcimer or what is that kind of, I don't know, almost folk sounding? Bring, bring, mm-hmm. bring, bring, bring. It's it a really be. pretty sound. Uh, perfect for Final Fantasy. And again, we get that recorder melody. It's a nice little transition from that Atelier track. You know, and I didn't remember that this soundtrack had real performance. I was convinced that it was kind of more of like a GameCube MIDI era soundtrack and it is possible that most of it is that i haven't really the last time i listened to this was years ago like maybe in the gamecube era i was interested in the music uh, of you know of this game but yeah it's yeah this is really well done it sounds really good it sounds better than a lot of gamecube soundtracks do uh all right uh let's move on this is the last of the day other than the track we're playing out with Uh, This is from Mike P, and he uh, found this kind of obscure little theme uh, from Nintendo Badge Arcade, which I have no idea what that is. Um, But this, I found out, it's composed by Masato Onishi, not a name I'm familiar with. Uh, This is the title theme from Nintendo Badge Arcade. This is a lot of fun. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to the title theme from Nintendo Badge Arcade. I don't know, is this like a 3DS game or something? Uh, I really don't know anything about this, um, but kind of in the same vein as like something along the lines of Nintendo Land, you know? Yeah, I think a little bit that sort of mix of more kind of pop real brass instruments and like the chip, chip sounds. Stuff. Um, also reminded me a lot of Pushmo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably closer <laughs> to what this is, yeah. But thanks, Mike, for this kind of obscure track. I had never even heard of this game, um, but I was surprised that I was able to find the composer for it. Masato yeah, Interesting, another Masato. And a, a Nintendo... I can't think of another Masato video game composer. I mean, is this another Nintendo employee that we just have never heard of? Do they really have that many composers? And when are they going to hire me? <laughs> <laughs> I want to work for Nintendo. Oh, gosh. I'll send them my resume. They don't really work with, like... Western composers every once in a while. Um, Did you like, see they announced that, a new Luigi's Mansion? Um, yeah, it's like for games like that, I noticed that there have been 
uh, like for that 3DS Luigi's Mansion, there were Western that composers. Was good. I'm not sure that how that really good score. how that works, but um, this was so fun, guys. We have one more of the day, and it's the play out. We're going to set it up a little bit. Uh, this is a pick from Alex P, and it's from Snowboard Kids, uh, which is kind of kind of cool that we're finally playing a track from that. A very nostalgic, very beloved classic N64 game. Uh, this is Big Snowman, and I found the composer. It's uh, Isao. Kasai. And I will say that this track, you should you should definitely listen to it because there's a point in the track when it takes a surprising turn and things kind of like and then it, you know, the, the groove changes and and at that point, there's actually a very catchy and strong melody and so uh, I was a big fan of this track. Big Snowman from Snowboard Kids. So thanks Alex for this track and thanks everybody for your wonderful uh, submissions. This was so much fun. Yeah, we love doing these episodes and we do them uh, because it's fun for us and we really admire our incredible base of listeners that have all of this great taste in game music. But also we do it as a thank you to all of the support that our listeners give us both on Patreon, in our Discord channel, with mm-hmm. all of the feedback and music that you share and insights. Uh, we we want you to know that we really appreciate and love all of you. And so these episodes are our thank you to the fans. Yeah, and the last thing I'd like to do in that vein is to give some honorable mentions of tracks and people that narrowly avoided making it, but also tracks that we really enjoyed a lot. Uh, so Ian S. had a really great track from Final Fantasy um, 14, World of Darkness Final Boss theme. And that was really cool because I want to say that was... Um, like using NES boss theme material and doing like a, an arrangement of really old Final yeah. Fantasy. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, Volts had a really cool kind of ambient track called Dream and Unity from LOL Lack of Love. We really enjoyed that. Um, and let's see, uh, Joe P had a really cool track. Um, it was a remix of Sticker Bush Symphony that we really liked. Uh, and then lastly, Charles H uh, had an interesting track from Alan Wake, Children of the Elder God, which I think Will maybe liked a little more than I did. But uh, that was very interesting. So thanks so much, and there's guys. also someone submitted some music from uh, Heavy Rain, which I also thought mm-hmm. was really pretty. There's a, there was a lot of great stuff. Like we said, we didn't get any bad tracks and so many, like close to s- at least 70 uh, submissions that we got. Um, and so it was it was hard to pare it down, uh, and we 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 did a different method this time. I think this worked out really well. I mean, the the, the playlist is very solid. Well, and- I don't know how else we would do it because in the early days, we just we didn't even tell people necessarily we were doing an episode. We just went through and found all the submissions. We scrubbed through emails, Facebook mm-hmm. messages. But now there's just every day people are posting tons of things on the Discord. It, it would just mm-hmm. be impossible to capture all of it. Also, so. there's an element that I like, which is and I think Zach did this and I think some other people do this where it's like they're trying to pick tracks for us that they know that we will like and that would you know selfishly be my preferred way of doing these episodes like all right guys wow us with music that you think we will really like and we'll do an episode on it and that kind of in some ways is what happened today uh that is so much fun thanks so much everybody for listening and for all your wonderful contributions um Again, if you want to invite to our Discord channel, uh, send us uh, an email or a comment, and we will hook you up. I think that's about it. We should get rolling. Anything else you got at the end, Will? Uh, just underscore, we are finishing up our episodes on The Wizard of Oz, which has been so much fun. Magical. All right, that is it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. 
And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.